What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, brother Ben, here back again for another excellent episode of The Pop. Do you think we'll talk about something really cool and splendid today? I mean, I feel like we usually do. I feel like we will certainly... My prediction is that at some point we'll start talking about a thing we plan to talk about and then immediately veer left into uncharted waters. And yeah, that's, that's almost ex- exclusively and absolutely how, how right. the show works at exactly. all times in a way. So yeah. we don't even know where it's going to go. Right. That's part of the fun of it. Um, speaking of, yeah. I actually think that there's like an interesting uh, social phenomenon that uh, that that will, will apply nicely to the exact example that I'm going to give, which is the movie The Social Network. Yeah. OK. Um, which is the story of like a young Harvard Mark Zuckerberg in the process of um, creating inventing Facebook, inventing Facebook, social media, social media. Yeah. And uh, of course, the movie very famously has like Jesse Eisenberg and he is going up against the Winklevoss twins. The Winklevoss twins, yes. Um, and I feel like throughout the course of the movie, you're sort of like like Mark Zuckerberg, at least the, the depiction, you know, in the film is is certainly like one of these like like house type of people, like House MD, the oh, TV yeah, show. Like the TV show. Yeah, yeah, like where it's like like clearly brilliant, but also probably like difficult to talk to right maybe mm-hmm. um, socially inept maybe yeah um but like at the same rate I, like, and tell me if tell, tell me if you disagree i feel like you are still kind of like rooting for him versus the winklevi twins uh yeah who, who are like you know big and muscular and they row crew and you know like there's two of them. <laughs> There's two of them. Yeah, it's it is an interesting like setup for the movie because especially at least when the movie came out, Facebook was like very very popular and like yes. um like I was on it all the time. Whereas like interesting like if it came out today, I'd I'd be curious as to what my relationship with it would be because like I don't get on Facebook almost at all. Like I think yeah. my picture on Facebook has been unchanged for like five years. It's a picture of me holding Luke and we have matching Hawaiian shirts on. And it's like 
from before the twins were born. Oh, wow. So, you know, like, um, like that's how long it's been since I've updated it. I think my cover photo features the whole family as we are now, but that might be getting a little outdated as well. But yes, when the movie came out, it was like, like Facebook was extremely popular. I probably checked it like, you know, 15 times a day. Right, um, right. Yes. And I, like, actually... I thought of it as like a really good and cool thing. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And and so yeah. that, that's sort of the thing. It's like you're watching you are watching like this thing that that in the moment at a, as of release was like was such a was such a phenomenon um like out there in the real world. And so you're sort of like, yeah, like Facebook and like, you know, he's he's doing it on his own from his dorm room and like, you know, the 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 big famous, you know, like um like legacy Harvard students are Yeah, are, I mean it, it's weird because they present it like like it's this sort of dorky, inept guy who's not very good at anything and has never had like anything handed to him against these guys who have just had like their whole life laid out ahead of them and they've never wanted for anything or whatever. But like also they're all at Harvard. So it's like no one's really, you know, scraping by, I don't think. <laughs> they're all probably destined for a for a pretty for a, a nice measure yeah. of of opportunity, uh, if right. nothing else. And then it's like they go through the whole situation. You sort of feel bad for Mark the whole time as the movie's unfolding. But like at the same rate, it's not like the 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 his enemies, the Winklevoss twins, don't have a little bit of a point. Like they're not necessarily wrong. Well, <laughs> so here, here's here's where the 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 quandary I was going to pose for you because I think it's so interesting is um the in the real world the the Winklevoss twins are in fact real people um and they did end up winning a settlement like you know with uh you know facebook or mark zuckerberg or whatever where they were awarded some hundreds of millions of dollars or something like that uh which they then invested in a um app called coinbase right uh which is basically like probably the the premier consumer market for cryptocurrency right um and for for at least a beat there in like 2020 2021 when like the the crypto market was just going absolutely like berserk and like mm-hmm. the numbers were you know, I don't know. It's just, it was just ridiculous. Like how much value everything had all at once. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because you've got, you've got like this idea of like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, this innovator and he was able to understand like what was going to make Facebook cool and like to not have ads included on Facebook and to have it be exclusive. And you have to have like that dot, you know, Harvard, yeah, like you the know, dot edu or like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There, like there's all these like you know like whatever. It's like like he's got it. He's got it figured out. And so the thing I keep thinking about though, because I, I for whatever reason I just find this endlessly fascinating. And I think cryptocurrency as a conversation itself is just interesting. Uh, just to just to speculate like like even whenever I talk about it here on the pop, the thing I'm really hoping for is just marking what my perception of it was at different phases of time oh sure so, so you can like go back so like, like 50 years from now it'll be like what did i say what did i think yeah like, was i close yeah. <laughs> you know like did what, what, what was i well you know circling the same thing with like ai it's like oh man you know, you who knows have, what's on that front right you could have any conversation about it and it's like like I, I heard somebody talking i think it was uh john and hank green were talking about ai the other day and they were like right now some people are making predictions some people will be right just because something will happen and it's like it's not that they're any more accredited or have any more weight or any more like knowledge about what could happen it's just something will happen right um so someone's <laughs> predictions will be right but almost everybody's predicted just about everything we can we can think up right um but so interestingly like yeah that's that's the thing with uh the social network that i think is really fascinating is like at the end of that movie you sort of kind of see it as like 
Mark, I don't even know if wins is really the right word. Like he's being sued for a lot of money and he's like hitting refresh on like a friend request and he's kind of alone. So it's like, it's it, the movie's not necessarily like celebrating him necess- like across the board um, or even failing to acknowledge the shortcomings of the way that he like navigated those, those waters. But the thing that I think is interesting is that like, if you're to fast forward like 10, 20, 50 years or something and cryptocurrency ends up being a big deal, it seems like there's a greater likelihood that while the Winklevoss twins like lost that fight, they would have like ultimately won the war or something. Oh, right. Like, you know, like, like they would go on to like surpass like you, it it is hard to imagine surpassing Facebook's ability, like you know, uh, net net worth, right? Yeah, you know, but I mean, like, so it's, it's huge, yeah. right? Yeah, and and somehow it's like they may have still figured out the thing that would go on to do it, right? Like, um, yeah, like what if they had actually just won and assumed control of Facebook? Then you know how how would that have changed anything else? I have no idea. Yeah, right. I have no idea. And I, it also occurs to me as we're talking about this, I know that we've talked about Facebook so many times here on the pop, and I'm like, why is it so interesting to me? It's like, I can't tell if it's because it's like an empire that I've watched literally rise from nothing into it at its best. And now we're almost on like the tail end of, not even on the tail end, just like right. on the other end of its peak. Right. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. Or are we? Or are we? Who knows? Will, will it be the case that like Gen Z is also just like, man, you know what's awesome? You know what? You know like what like what my parents think they're too cool for? Facebook. Oh, it's definitely not going to be Gen Z, but it could be like Gen Alpha or something. The next one. Yeah, like yeah. you know, right now, like you know, it's like we we were that like targeted demographic for when it was emerging, and you're right. Like it's so weird because like you know, you give Mark Zuckerberg so much credit for like inventing it and being the guy there, but it's like, if he didn't, like it does feel inevitable that Facebook exists. Like maybe it's not always called Facebook, but like social media was coming, you know, like there is no way almost around it. You know, it's not like, Oh, if Mark wasn't here, imagine if he just hadn't made Facebook, then like we wouldn't even have social media. Would we have Twitter? It's like, we'd have different versions of all those things sure but like it would all still exist like the it would all still happen like myspace happened and friendster happened like the building blocks were there someone was getting there yeah i mean social media did already (laughs) exist before uh before facebook did yeah like like i was already on myspace when when i first heard about facebook right so it's like you know like this this was becoming a thing in some capacity. Yeah. It's a, it was just a question of like where where it would ultimately end up going. But like similarly, I just heard somebody say the other day that like um like we made the the vinyl record version of an episode of the pop for like one of our exclusive quarterly merch things. Yes. And like that was kind of fun because it's like, ooh, like a vinyl record, you know? It's like it's like that's so like vintage or old school or yeah. like such a like a you know like analog version of music. And I heard somebody tell me the other day that they were like, you know, like cassette tapes are making a bit of a comeback at this point in time. And I'm like cassette tapes huh like the small little bricks of plastic like yeah they seem so much less cool to me than vinyl but like i wonder <laughs> if, like, if like our parents are like you know you guys might glamorize vinyl more than we do like right you know, like yeah. we grew up with vinyl like we don't see it as like a like you know an unbelievably cool thing because it was just like like we watched it like rise and fall right like there you was know? vinyl and then it got replaced because better things came out and those were tapes and then the tapes got replaced because cds came out and then the cds were replaced because 
digital came out yes like what like yeah like yeah maybe there wasn't maybe these things are if they were better they wouldn't have been replaced right (laughs) exactly exactly yeah so it'll just be interesting to see like if if cassette tapes end up having like another round of like being in vogue followed by like like compact discs again and it's right. just just like oh, fashion man. all of a sudden right. it's gonna be like yeah it's like it's like oh my gosh like i have a shiny cd like it's like i like i installed a cd player i found a vintage one installed it in my car just oh so I could my have gosh it. Like, what what would be like the vintage cds that you would want to own that could suddenly like be valuable like i, I feel like immediately it comes to mind and i don't know why is like britney spears cds britney spears definitely yeah, seems for like, sure like yeah. i just like she had like such like iconic like um i don't know cd covers all the time who sold the most cds oh would be an interesting oh, question that is such an interesting question yeah. like is that a googleable i, I mean wonder, i wonder it, how quickly yeah. we could find out okay because like you have you'd have people who were coming out and were popular like as cds got popular popular and you'd think it would be them but then you have like really famous bands like the beatles or something which you know must have also sold a bazillion CDs just because people wanted to hear their music on this new format, right? Right, yes. Oh, man, this is a very interesting question. It feels like it would have to be like a 90s star. It does. It does feel like that, and this is this is the thing. Like I'm seeing, like list of best selling music artists of all time, right? And it it's confusing because it's like, are you just saying like on the basis of of whatever uh, platform they were using to distribute music at that time? Or is this is this accounting for CDs? Because I said CDs and it does show up as the Beatles. Interesting. Um, yeah, as as being yeah. like the 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 top most followed by Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I mean, those all those are all very big contenders. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We go yeah. With, we go without saying that all of those would be in the conversation. Followed by Queen, Madonna, The Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, Frank Sinatra, Elton John, and Led Zeppelin to round off the top ten. Okay. Eminem in eleventh place. Which wow. I, was, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Man. Okay. All of these people are um, obviously big contenders for it. But yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Like who would have? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if that is just the answer. It's just it's just the Beatles. The Beatles sold the most. Right. But then the other question would be, okay, so then if you sold the most CDs, it would also mean that there were the most of them in circulation, therefore making them also probably less rare. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Which is another one. Um, so you need someone who's like really popular, but like didn't have tons out there. Or, or became extremely popular, like had an album. So like, like for example, um, the I'm trying to uh, for whatever reason Green Day popped into my head because I think it was the first CD I ever remember like taking out of the case from Dad's collection, mm, putting yeah. in the CD player and like listening to it was Green Day's Dookie. Yeah. Um, but it, I wonder if it would be the case where it would be somebody who had a CD that came out while CDs would have been the primary mechanism for listening to music, but then gained even more fame after the era of CDs and into MP3s oh. because then they they could have an iconic album that maybe didn't sell that well on CD so there's fewer in circulation overall Okay, you know who'd be a great one for this is I think because of um is uh, I, I want I, I think Kate Bush um Oh, yes, 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 yes because of Stranger Because of things. Stranger Things, right? Yes. So that's a great example yes. of one because then it would become a piece of Stranger Things memorabilia. Right. Yeah, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush would be a great example of this because she would have been popular in the 80s. So certainly there would have been CDs made of her music. Right. But she would have been a little past I'm this is all me guessing. I have no idea about Kate Bush's discography or anything. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. I am guessing that she would have been like um past her peak 
in the 90s, but here in 2022-23, as of Stranger Things coming out, would have had this massive resurgence in popularity and thus the rarity to own an original one of her CDs would be... It like today that still worked it'd would be, be so, would be pretty cool. It'd be so limited. It, but, if you own one, let us know. Yes, that would be that would be very interesting. Yeah. For whatever reason, I am just positively obsessed with this concept. Like I, I like even growing up, I remember like everybody talking about like the '69, the iconic '69 Mustang, you know, from yeah. Ford, and it was like it's like that's like the ultimate car collectors and probably not this is this is probably i'm sure like more more vanilla if you were to get into like true gritty car collectors but like people recognize the significance of that particular model year car yeah and i remember growing up and like seeing all the cars around me and thinking like well there's no way in the world like this thing is uh, our mom's dodge sport minivan Mm -hmm. is going to go on to be like some kind of like iconic you know like the volkswagen bug uh, not, yeah. bu- not the bug, rather the, the bus. The oh, bus the is bus. what I'm thinking. Oh, okay, yeah. Do you know those? Like the yes, kind of like a flat exactly. nose from, Yeah. yeah. Um, I I feel like like at some point in time when it came out, it like maybe it was just like a minivan, but then like eventually it became like a total like collector's edition, and like then it became like special and important, and like then like therefore like valuable. Yeah. Uh, along the way, um, and so yeah, like you know, like in the early 2000s or whatever, like you know, I might look around and be like, oh yeah, you think someday somebody's gonna want that Subaru Forester over there, like a like an 04 Forester, and uh, fast forward to the year 2023, and I literally in the past week have Googled specifically looking for this this like like Subaru was making for this period of time so the Forester in case you're unaware is like it's it's like a a hatchback uh similar to like a RAV4 or like a Honda CRV like there our grandmother drove one ah. um i they're not exactly the type of like sports car that you would that you would like covet um, in the same way as you would like the 69 Mustang, which is like, you know, the, the, the beginning of American muscle cars and right. has this really cool body shape. And it's the, you know, the Mustang logo itself is just really cool. And, and all the rest. Did you look up a Forester? No, I was looking up the I was trying to find the minivan we had growing up. Oh, OK. And I wasn't sure exactly what the actual um, like model and year number on it was. OK. Do you know? I don't know. I can't remember what year it would have I been. I want to say it was, my guess is that it was, uh, I thought it was like a Chrysler minivan 95 Sport. Yeah, I would have said a 94. 94. Because I remember it had like the stripe on the side. The stripe, that the pin the stripe. stripe. Yeah, the yeah. pin stripe, you know. You got to pay extra for that. Well, for sure. You know, you want to be like the cool, the cool mom or whatever. Um, yeah, I have no idea, but that's ask mom, so you can look that up. I know. But yeah, fun fact about that that car is that we had that car like that was we had this like white minivan growing up that was uh, that we drove around in forever until I think like 2001, and it finally got replaced by like, um, but it, it just got updated to this like candy apple red minivan that had the DVD player that we watched so the many movies one, in yes, the yes, infamous yes. one. Yeah, that one. But before that, there was the white one, and I remember like we'd gotten rid of it and we'd replaced it with the red one, and then. Um, my wife, Beth, her first 
car that she drove to uh, you know high school every day was the same minivan that we used to own. It blew my uh, mind. It, yeah, seeing like it, it, it was, was like, like no way you'd get it. It had the same seats, and it was like whoa, this is like stepping into the past. That was so wild, weird. Wild. Yeah. So her family had the same minivan, and they had just not uh, replaced it yet. And so <laughs> that was that was so weird that that was like the um yeah that uh, Beth drove the same car that we used to have. It was a sign. It was a sign. It was a sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So anyway, uh, back to my back to my Forester because I, I just yes. think this is endlessly. F- I I think it's interesting. But so there there was like this period of time uh, where Subaru was making uh, the the Forester where they were literally putting one of their sports car engines into the Forester. Okay. So very very randomly, it was called the it was the Forester and it was the XT trim okay is what it was and the xt stood for turbo oh gotcha um because it literally had a turbo in it and it was a manual and it could do zero to 60 in like sub five seconds so oh, it man. was like it was like a total sleeper car like if you were to pull up to it like in a traffic light or something and have like one of those like little like you like, know uh, you'd be like oh yeah like you know this thing a little hatchback and then it would like it could totally book it, it and could it's totally like, it's zoom, like, yeah. which i which i am personally obsessed with like i i love the idea of a car that doesn't look fast that right. is fast yeah yeah even even though I don't personally drive fast anyway, but um, my first car was a manual. And so like, as I've gotten older, it's like one of these things, like I, I desperately like want to go back to having a manual just because I just think it's that much more yeah. like, fun to drive and everything. And anyway, so my long story long is that uh, I was on the hunt and I was like, you know what? This is going to be perfect. I'll just go back and buy like, like an old Subaru Forester from like the early, you know, the first yeah, I don't know, like 2005, 2006 or whatever. And they have totally become collector's editions. And it's wow. like, they are expensive and they are sold at a surplus. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. Like, it's like at, in the moment, clearly someone was trying to be experimental and saying like, what if we just had like a, a much more like every man's kind of car, but we put a turbo in it. So it was like more appealing right, or right, something. Yes. And they were like, yeah, let's give that a shot. And like, uh, my guess is it didn't catch on in a big way, but since time has passed, it did catch on with like a very niche audience. And those people want them want it. Like it's like in, in the fullness of time, like a large number of people now want that exact like thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I think, I think you hit the nail absolutely on the head. They were probably like, how can we like get people a little bit more excited about this? car and it's like make it fast make it fast you like what happens yeah so if you've ever seen like a like a like a wrx like sti it's like um it would have been the car i would have wanted as like a high school yeah. student had like a huge spoiler on the back and yeah like big hood scoop and all the rest but they're like rally cars Dude, so like, be, being a teenage driver i feel like was like a whole different world of driving yeah like, like because the world like, was the, just different because you take everything in so differently. I think, yeah, I think you just took everything in so differently, like all the time. Like I was, anytime I had anyone else in the car, I was always really concerned that they were like judging the speed of my driving or were upset that I wasn't like taking the fastest route or like, I, I don't know. Like there was always, it felt like there was a lot of pressure to be like a really good driver, like in a very specific, not being a good driver kind of way. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like you should be by eight, like, yeah, 16, you get your license. By 17, if you aren't meant to be on like a racetrack, right. Like, what are you even doing right. with yourself? Right. Like, this is what's expected. Like, you should, be, yeah. Um, so I remember that. Like, I remember one time, um, Oh, driving around with Beth. So like at uh, for like my senior year in high school and for a while after the car I had was a um, 325i um, BMW. Yes. Uh, and like 
the when I would like pull up at stoplights and stuff, like it, the amount of times someone would look over at me and like it was on was yeah, like yeah that's was like idea. was like frequent you know like it was like oh okay there, I'm thinking of there's this one particular traffic light next to the um the country store gas station near where we um grew I, up I know I know the exact one and yeah. there are two lanes and those two lanes after you go through the light continue to be two lanes for about a quarter mile at which point the right lane uh turns off either into an industrial park or else you have to merge into the left lane yeah and so the there's like this and almost anyone no one is ever turning into the industrial park right like never unless you work there which is nobody yeah like i've never i'm not even sure i've ever seen anyone walk into that building so everyone in the right lane is always trying to get over into the left lane if you're in the left lane you are either going to get passed by the person on the right or they're gonna have to get behind you yeah and this was this this spot more than ever was like people just sort of like knew that about this spot it seemed like it it seemed like it and it seemed like it happened all the time not just there but at like lots of streets lights where it was like okay we got up like uh someone someone's coming off this line and gonna try and get in front of the other person and i remember getting up next like being at that exact light one time and beth was sitting in the car next to me i was like the person next to us wants to race and she was like what and i'm like it's happening <laughs> she's, yeah, like, it's like the- and she's like what are you talking about and, <laughs> and i'm like watch and and like sure enough the other person just like <laughs> like took off from the line yeah. right there and it was i was like i was like man does that like you know, it blew my mind because she this this was not part of her experience at all. Like she had never once like noticed someone wanting to speed past or like was never engaged in it. But it was like the amount of unspoken things between me and the other cars were like like nonstop. It felt like oh yeah no I mean yeah. I, I've thought the exact same thing. Like it also as you were even telling the story, I was like I wonder how often. All, all it is taking anyone, because this happened so frequently as like a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Um, and I was like, how often was it the case that like I was turning and making eye contact with a fellow driver and all it took for some other human being to want in was that, that like head turn. And it, it's almost, it's like, you know, hand on the wheel and you like look over and it's just like, it's on. <laughs> it's on. But like, yeah, it, it just seemed like it, it it just it just was. Like that was a reality that was happening. But and this like, doesn't happen in my life. But now, it doesn't ever, happen now. Ever. I know. Yeah. This is I'm like, was it happening or was I just making this up? Or like, you know, was I filling in a lot of blanks in my head that were not there? Right. But right. then it also felt like, or was I like, yeah, like make or was I like manifesting it in some fashion by like you're rightly like turning your head over and checking like if you like know like i'm gonna i don't want this person to pass me and so you like look over and like see if they're paying attention was that like enough to prompt them to be like oh, okay well all right i don't i am gonna pass you now or something oh yeah like what 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 nonverbal communication was happening that was making this happen that, that's what i'm saying it's yeah. like, is this spark like 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 secretly hiding and like all anybody wants at any point in time is for somebody like want to race yeah i know, <laughs> I know. like because you're right it doesn't happen at all no in my personal and like never this yeah. does not happen and i'm like yeah so so the question is you're right were we prompting people into racing or was it not happening at all yeah the, uh, honestly in this exact same spot that you were describing i do remember one night in particular where this happened and it was a uh, i was in the left lane so i basically was just gonna be able to drive straight the whole time and the, the guy was in like a huge lifted like truck with like the exhaust that comes out yeah. of the truck bed and like blows black smoke i think it was a diesel uh, sure. um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i remember it was nighttime and <laughs> same thing you know sort of like came off the line and, like i used to always describe 
describe these as like the 35 mile an hour race, because I think really at the end of the day, for the most part, like I was never actually going to go like ripping through like a neighborhood at like breakneck speed or uh-huh, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, because I, I, I do think that there was probably like some, some like limit or whatever there. Um, but I do remember that, yeah, the guy was in the right and he basically was like right next to me all the way up until that industrial park turn that you were talking about. And then he came and like came ripping past me to come from the right, like turn lane into my left lane so that it was like, then you're just on like a two way road and coming in the opposite direction was a cop. Wow. And that cop literally, cause it's a huge area. Cause like huge trucks pull into the industrial park. Yeah. So it's a big wide area that, that cop literally did a Fast and the Furious 180, Whoa. Like, like drift turn, lights on, ripping at us. And I was like, well, that's it. Oh, <laughs> like, man. It's like, I will never drive a car again. Uh, and then the truck saw it. And so he just immediately, like, a next right turn, just books it, like, through, through like, a park, like, a gravel parking lot and goes, like, scraping off into, like, the, this like back. he fled? He fled. What? And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what's going to happen here. And so. It the, seems like that behavior would prompt the cop to follow him. Which is what happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my wow. God. So that, that might be like the end of uh, like of the line for me. It was just yeah. like, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I was too close. I yeah. was too close. Like I flew too close to the sun and almost, almost got burned. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and settle into cruise control. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. Okay. We survived and uh, that was it. Okay. Not worth ever chancing that ever again. <clears throat> no, it was not. All right. Anyway. Dang. Okay. Can I, while we're on this topic of like whether or not things in the past really happened or if we were making them up. Yeah. I have. A, uh, I feel like I'm in the middle of like a Mandala effect today. Okay, where I am like it is blowing my mind, and I'm like so frustrated because I was looking up something earlier, and it was yielding opposite results of what I remembered, and I was like, "There's no way, I'm just not finding it." It's so unlike you. I know. I was like, "This is not. This is so annoying." Like I, it is bothering me because I'm like. At, like my my memory is like so surely correct about it, and it's like clearly the the search results online are like no, they're not. Like it was different. Okay, so do okay. you remember? Let me in while we were growing up, it was like it would have been like first second grade. I'm not even sure if like you might have even been too young, but I remember being in the library with like my first grade class. I think maybe yeah, the first grade sounds right. I don't know though, and they wanted us to like vote on like one of like four books for like, you know, the best illustration or something like that or best pictures okay. or something like yep, that. Yep, yep. And of course everyone just votes on like whatever is the funniest one or whatever is the best story or whatever. But of the four, I remember the one that won was a book called Catzilla. Do okay. you remember Catzilla? <sighs> It had by and so I say pictures in this book. Instead of pictures, it was more like photographs that had been clipped and like put together with like big cat that had like and then there was like mice that were the one who were that were the ones fighting Catzilla and like cat and the cat was really big and they like drew in like a city landscape, but then had like an actual photo of a cat and actual photos of mice. And had like, you know, manipulated the art so it looked like they had like, you know, were sitting in tanks or were shooting lasers or whatever. You know, sounds like a great book. I know I can tell you're really do you remember Catzilla? I don't know <clears throat> if I do, because but like but like what you're describing feels rememberable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. D- did you find Catzilla? Okay, well, so because I remember <clears throat> 
thinking this this book sort of stuck with me throughout time because like as a as like a first grader or whatever it was so obvious that Catzilla was like the the best one that read to us because it you know featured you know like your big battle with mice and tanks and it was so cool and the other ones were just like regular kids books that had like hand drawn things it was just I don't know it wasn't Ca- wow they weren't it in much wasn't Catzilla so I remember it like overwhelmingly like the entire grade all the classes all picked Catzilla or whatever but then like as time went on like um like it 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 occurred to me that like the, it didn't actually end up winning whatever medal or whatever thing it was okay, okay. like by you know the actual publishing company or I, whatever but it occurred to me like looking back that like we as kids thought this was cooler than like the people who were like the actual adults who were voting well, on making it. It the was decision like, yeah. yeah and it was always like maybe it wasn't as cool as like i thought but i always was like no i knew no 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 no. our opinion our first grade class opinion of catzilla was the best one was clearly correct right, right because right. it had lasers and mice driving in tanks shooting a giant cat okay and amazing it, at the end of the day it probably should be first graders who are making this decision exactly you know? Like they're the they're the it, audience, but it like it was like one of those times where it like occurred to be like the target audience clearly liked one thing a lot more than like what actual adults really thought was the best like illustrations or images in a book, and so I've always remembered uh, Catzilla for that because I've looked back and I'm like maybe yeah clearly maybe we didn't have very good taste as first graders, and now we have someone in the office kangaroo cat, and I will frequently like um, call her Catzilla. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I will say that out loud, and it's like, and it is because of that book so in you're first referencing, grade. I am referencing, referencing it. Okay. Right? Like, it, it is, I have thought about it. It is, like, popped up in my thoughts periodically throughout my life. Are you about to tell me that Catzilla doesn't exist? Ben, let me tell you something. I want you to go Google it today, and, like, it, it, like, it did not pop up. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way Catzilla isn't real. And there was a different book that looked kind of like it called cat kong and it clearly was like sort of in the same vein like it had like pictures and like the mice and stuff and i was like what is this and then there was like i saw another like it was like cat kong and then there was another book next to it called dogzilla and i was like no 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 so i looked up dogzilla and like dogzilla is like it like the dog in question looks very similar to the cat I remember. And it's like, clearly, oh it is so clearly what I'm actually remembering. Oh is, my God. Is like, this is what it was. But I'm like, it was not Dogzilla. It was Catzilla. Oh my there is, gosh. There is no chance it was always Dogzilla. Dogzilla sounds stupid. Catzilla makes so much more sense. It's fighting mice. What is going on? And it's like, and I'm like, could it have been Cat Kong? Is that what I was remembering? And I'm like, no, I've never even heard of Cat Kong until today. Those words have never existed in my brain together. Like, like somehow, like how have I misremembered Dogzilla as Catzilla? I do or, remember yes, this. Yes, yes. Do you remember it now, Ben? Oh my Are you gosh. looking at Dogzilla versus Catzilla? It's such a pleasantly derpy little dog. It's so derpy. <laughs> the whole thing is derpy. But like, I it is I it is like driving me wild today. Then I'm like, this cannot be. There's no way oh, I am mis. Is... There's no way I would misremember Dogzilla as Catzilla my entire life. This like, is shattering my not... whole universe right now. I cannot believe I didn't remember this. Okay, yeah. Look. Oh my gosh, I can like I can like smell the book. Yeah, sure. Now that you're saying there's it, no it's doubt. Like, oh, that's weird. But do you remember it as Dogzilla or Catzilla? 
I, I don't it, even know. It, I mean, it is like it I is, remember these books being there, and it right, feels exactly. Like, it feels like the type of thing that the librarian was kind of mad that the school board approved. Right. It's like the li- they're trying to teach you about like books and stuff, and they want you to like they like they they put Catzilla there as a test to like see like to assure themselves that the kids won't vote for it, but then they do. And then it's like, I remember like at every book fair, it was always very prominent because it was like clearly a good selling book. I mean, how could it not be? How could it not be with the title like Catzilla? How it could not be was that it was actually called Dogzilla. And I'm like, this is just one of those like simulation confirmed. Like there's no, it, I don't know what to tell you other than like, I cannot fathom how I could have misremembered it my whole life when I liked it so much as a kid and have like thought of it as Catzilla and call somebody in the office Catzilla. And it, it doesn't, it's not real. Right. It's, it's not there. It's like the prompting is all, it's also unusual <laughs> yeah, because the fact that you call Cat Catzilla means that you were literally like making a direct reference to a misremembered piece of your childhood. Yeah. Which is very odd. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, does anyone else remember it actually being Catzilla and not Dogzilla? Or am I like losing my mind over it? I must be because it doesn't exist. I don't know. It's like, I can't, I, I don't know. But also, also, please just go look up Dogzilla because it is like a fever dream of a kid's book that is hilarious. It is. It's yeah. really, 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 really odd because like this is, I think I asked you like probably a couple months ago now on the, on the pop actually when like in Inside Out, like Bing Bong's memory is like erased. It, like the question was almost like if uh, the parents were to show Riley a drawing of Bing Bong, would that like bring it back? Mm-hmm. top of mind like is there a way to like recall something that's already like fell into the the den of like whatever and I, this to me feels like a like a memory orb that was in like the field of all the gray old memory orbs that are like dissolving and somehow one of the like little jelly beans just like parachuted its way down there and like threw it back up to yeah and like threw it in front of the thing it was like a little dusty but we remember it yeah yeah we'll keep this one i feel like i yeah i feel like i had dogzilla in my batman backpack yeah like you remember Dogzilla? I must be. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, I feel like I remember the cover of the book. Yeah, I yes. mean, clear, like, I, clearly, it's, on it. clearly is there. This is very strange, though, and it's <clears throat> especially strange coming from you, who I think has such a like almost infuriating level of recall. Um, so thank you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Now, now it makes me wonder whether or not those pegs were behind our ch- our chairs at our childhood home. Oh. You and mom have had this debate for probably the past. This is another like, great example of, yeah, the, uh, the another uh, like Mandela effect. Cause like I remember, yeah, so there was in our, in our childhood home behind, like we, the whole house had like basically one hallway sort of going through the whole like yeah. front, like bottom floor where you could open the front door and look directly through the house at the back door. At the back door, yeah. Right, like you would walk through and like on the left was the living room and on the right was the TV room and then you'd cross through an archway and you'd be in the kitchen and you could walk through the kitchen into like the mudroom and the mudroom led to the deck. Yep. And like there was like one straight shot. And so as a kid, it was like a very good um, straight line that you could run from one house to the other. Oh, so fun. <laughs> yeah, so fun. So fun. Or scooter. And, or scooter. Or whatever. Whatever. Bouncy. Oh, we had the bouncy ball thing that oh, you sat did. on. Yes. Yeah, that was the best. Oh, man. I got to get one of those for the kids. Anyway, um, I remember like 
loving being able to like run from one door to the other because just we as brothers would you know need a lot of room to, to just to sprint around inside the house cause some mayhem and that will all yeah, the time there's yeah, no yeah. doubt about it but like n- like hating that there was always like on the left hand wall in the kitchen that there were these pegs that were like for like hanging stuff hanging stuff hanging stuff on you know aprons or whatever you might have and they were right at head level so it was always like i had to be very careful not to hit the pegs but mom assures me that there were never pegs there at all but i'm like i there must like but i remember the pegs and i remember why i remembered the pegs which is because i didn't want to run into them with my head and they were a constant thing i had to avoid (laughs) and it's like like why would i why would i have memories of being annoyed by like not wanting to hit the pegs if the pegs were never there. And I, I don't know, but like you go back in the year in Carlin and look at, which is our child, which our is dad, our, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Our dad did all these like, um, videos of, uh, us as kids and would turn them into these awesome family movies. And they were called the year in Carlin, but you can see shots of the kitchen from like when we were kids. And it's just like, there's no pegs back there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, like, like, but, it's it's not just that I think they were there. It's that I have like rationale surrounding my memory of them. Like that's why I remember them. But they're but they weren't there, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. So it's just like I don't know. I don't know about it. It's like I I have to take I have to believe mom because there's video evidence and she probably knows what was in the kitchen better than me. Right. Yeah. Considering <laughs> as the yeah, adult. Yeah. <laughs> like her her house i know i'm like was there like was there like a day when something was like hung there that i'm remembering or i don't i don't know i don't know yeah the only other thing i can think is that like like halfway through the kitchen on the left hand side there was like a like a set of cabinets where like all the tupperware and stuff like that was stored it is entirely possible we could have just like run into that it was like yeah you did have to you did have to do a little bit of like a side swerve when you got to the kitchen to like because when you got in the chairs were on your right and there was more space on the left but then at some point the cabinets got in the way and you had to like veer off to the right drift you know you had to drift man there's no doubt Oh man, yeah. But like, here's the other thing: is that at one point, um, our parents like they redid the wallpaper in the kitchen. Yes, they right. Did. And that is when I remember the pegs disappearing because it was like now they no longer matched. And so you can see the old wallpaper in the kitchen, and no pegs in the video. So it must have not been there. It, it must have been Dogzilla been the whole time. It must have been. It must have been Dogzilla the whole time. But it was Catzilla, Ben. I know it was Catzilla. <laughs> It does make more sense with all the tiny little mice. I know. <laughs> unless, unless for some reason you just really gravitated towards towards Cat Kong, and, no. and it was like part of the Dogzilla franchise. There's no way. There's no. Way. I've never heard of Cat Kong until today. Until today. And there's no way. Like I just like I remember Catzilla, and unless like as a kid I was like r- like as a kid it bothered me that it wasn't Catzilla because it was mice or something. Like so, both both Dogzilla I, and Cat Kong have little mice featured in them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I. But <sighs> it's so frustrating. I don't know. It's like I'm I'm clearly wrong, and I'm like arguing against nothing because there's no way to prove that I that it was Catzilla that you and, saw it any. And other I'm way. like like no, it was that way. It w- I know it was that way. It had to be because, <laughs> but it's not. I don't know what to do. It's like so hard to accept it. It feels like if I accepted it, like, like 
so much of my memory is a lie or something. I, okay, now I'm wondering if like if like memory recall is actually just like a, lef- a lesson in overall like building confidence. And the more that you remember something and the more that you remember something correctly, the more that you believe you can remember something correctly, which means the more that you like actively take in information for the sake of remembering. Mm-hmm. And now that you've had this like tiny ounce of doubt fractured into that foundation it's like yeah it's like, like will, will it call, cause the whole, the whole house of cards to fall hopefully not hopefully not i know gosh i can't i, I don't know what i'm going to do if you can't remember things anymore because i pretty much count on you for that at all oh, times thank you thank yeah, you absolutely do you know as a maybe i'm misremembering this oh, dear. but as a child my, my my childhood friends used to like i feel like this was like a, a thing they used to like tease me about was like not having a good memory like that I would forget things or this I was forgetful. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I'm like, it's always so funny to me as like an adult that people like think of my memory as being really, really good. And I'm like, no, I don't. I, it's so funny because people for so long told me I had a bad memory. And like, <laughs> it's like, so part of me is like, I can't believe you that I have a good memory because I was told as a kid that I didn't. So imposter syndrome mm, can, yeah, can really like, it can find its way into just about every nook and cranny of I, our existence. Yeah, right. <laughs> regardless of what it is. I know. Anyway, so um, hopefully I do have a good memory for most things, but apparently I'm misremembering Catzilla. Unless I'm not, please someone else say they remember Catzilla. Goodness gracious. I need confirmation that the simulation, I would rather the simulation be real than me have misremembered this. It's like weird. It's like, wow. Right, wow, wow, wow. I need to prove the Matrix is real now so that I can be correct about Godzilla. Okay, this needs to be the plot of our eventual book. Yeah. It's literally like, well, there's no way we, rem- we remember wrong. So therefore, yeah. you're going to spend the rest of our lives proving that we are, in fact, just binary bits. Exactly. There you go. Okay. That's it. That's it. Transition. Transition. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop.
Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey Ben, how hey. about a corny joke? Hey, lay it on me. All right, dude, Ben. Why did the tomato turn red? <laughs> because hundreds of years ago its ancestor summoned the powers of the red panda in order to become a red panda in order to defend its town wow solid guess solid guess uh the answer to why did the tomato turn red is because it saw the salad dressing <laughs> it's so bad it's really it's not so bad it's really not good it's really not good <laughs> oh man oh my gosh uh, yeah quick anecdote so uh for for christmas alice and i discovered last year uh that we that we really enjoyed 
gardening yeah. together. We had our garden in the backyard. Yeah. We, we made some vlogs about it and such, uh, and it was really good fun. And uh, as the cold weather came around, I think we were like both really disappointed that we no longer had the ability to bond over gardening because you really can't do it at all in the winter. Difficult. And so for Christmas, she got me this like hydroponic um, little garden kit, yeah. uh, which like literally like you set on like on our dining room counter and it has like a light built in and it like just circulates water and you fill it up, you know, like once or twice a week. And then it has like the nutrients that you pour in like once every two weeks. It's very simple, but it was really cool. You like drop these like little tubes in and then they literally grow into like tomato plants nice. or herbs or whatever. Yeah. And it's been so fun because i think through like the winter months it was like we were like literally like standing at our counter like staring at these like tiny little buds that were coming up we're like oh my gosh we're gonna have like fresh tomatoes like how hey and the really funny thing i guess sort of funny thing is that like i i I do not think i can mark myself a picky eater i don't think i'm a picky eater but maybe no picky eaters think are picky eaters but um i think i think people there are people who certainly identify as picky eaters okay okay yeah well i i i for most of my life, I've tried and tried and tried, and I, I just don't like tomatoes very yeah, much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, um, but Alice loves them. And at the end of the day, really what I liked was watching the plant grow and yeah. like you know prosper and be healthy and everything. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's really cool and fun and everything. Um, and one of the things that we ran into is that uh, for some reason or another, and we, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if it's like the hydroponic or if it's like like the nutrients that you're feeding it, but apparently the tomatoes are just truly awful what yeah so like they're not good they're not good at all so i set it up like the day after christmas and probably like a month ago we got like our first like batch of like tomatoes or whatever and so like they've been like popping up and you know we've had like a whole bunch of them and everything and and like addy loves tomatoes and so like you know she'll be sitting there and like you know she'll like like, reach for one so like we'll pluck one Mm -hmm. and give it to her and she'll like put it in her mouth and like no. <laughs> like uh-uh. just like completely spit it out like a- like Allie won't eat them at all and like Allie will like sit down with like a like a like a little carton of like cherry tomatoes and just like eat them just pop them in like like the whole container right like that's just like a snack for her Normal. she'll just she'll, she'll just do that yeah um and I have no idea why and so like this is like one of those things where I'm like I'm so curious it's like is there something about the dirt the the great outdoors that makes like 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 grown vegetables tastier right and this is almost like like the lab grown version of them and it's like you really just can't replicate the outside the i mean out, the I outside is the outside for a reason it feels there's got to be a reason why your tomatoes don't taste good and it could be, have to do with the dirt or like it, maybe it's your particular strand of tomatoes or something but a lot of people put down just like you know like new soil to plant stuff in anyway so like you could, it's not like you couldn't go buy some soil from the store and do that so which would accommodate the dirt problem i suppose well there there is no dirt for oh. hydroponics oh okay, okay yeah okay. that's the thing so you're literally all the roots are just growing in water oh yeah yeah right, so like right, right, like right, there, right, right. there's like a basin of of circulating water and then you add the you add nutrients from like a little like a little container mm. so you're like oh you're adding in the nutrients instead of the roots getting the nutrients from the dirt exactly oh yeah that's got to be the problem yeah there's no yeah, way it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's like it's so funny to me though because like the plants are so healthy and they're like they're like right. really like robust and they they smell amazing this is the difference between like 
say like getting all of your vitamins from a pill in the morning versus eating the foods and getting the vitamins from the food from the foods itself yeah this Whole. is ex- this almost feels like exactly like that yeah it's like yeah. it's not like that won't work and clearly the tomatoes are growing but also you should probably just eat the whole foods yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway hmm. I planted them in the dirt. <laughs> okay, you. <laughs> I, yeah. So that's my experiment. Oh so man. I was well, like, hopefully they come out better. I know. I was like, we have like we have like an entire like tomato bush on yeah. our on our uh, dining room or on our our kitchen counter. This right is now. this is disappointing. I wonder maybe tomatoes are just so like. Did you did you grow anything else? Like did you do like um we did like mint basil do the, yeah do the um what are the what are the se- seasoning what am I trying to herbs. say herbs, herbs do the herbs <laughs> taste normal the herbs do taste normal okay yeah, okay, okay they're okay. a lot better yeah so so we've made like some cocktails with the mint and we've made um like bruschetta with the with the basil and but not also, with the tomatoes <laughs> but, but not with the tomatoes no way yeah they're they're like they're like Ali like will not eat them I this and, is this is fascinating to me I know so that is interesting because so when we were at your house for Easter I saw your hydroponic setup on your table and Beth saw it too and she was like oh my god I want one of these it looks so cool this looks like so much fun and Beth also loves tomatoes yes so um I shall have to report back like I have like put it in like my back pocket as like that'd be such a great gift to get her for like her birthday or Christmas or something yeah like, absolutely I've been resting on that and now as I'm hearing you tell the story I'm like it's not gonna work now now it's obviously a bad gift because it doesn't produce good tomatoes. I know. Well, that's why. But I'm, if I'm, it does good herbs, that is perhaps still worthwhile. Definitely mm-hmm. does good herbs. And it is a lot of fun to watch them grow up. And I also just think that, like, we've talked a lot about, like, our, our like, weird and growing obsession with, like, plants. Yeah. Like, I do just think that they make your home happier. Yeah. So well, I have got, yeah, I want to, I would like to grow some food at my, or, like, do some, like, vegetable gardening at my own house. <gasps> I know. I can help with that. Oh, please do. Come on over. We can uh, rip up the back corner of the yard and plant some stuff it'll be great that's gonna be amazing honestly you can come over on saturday if you want that'd be that'd be super good um i'm looking forward to this plan already all right all okay. right cool. All right. we'll report yeah. back on how jay's on how, how jay's <coughs> garden is going i know i'm like what do i want to grow part of me has been leaning towards like do you remember as kids growing watermelons we tried to. We tried to. Did that succeed? I think it did not okay, succeed. Okay, all right. We, Maybe we I grew, shouldn't do watermelons. We grew pumpkins yeah, successfully. Yeah, we did do that. Okay, although, although, yeah. I, this was like one of those things. I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but um, we had our pumpkin patch last year that I think I talked about several times and maybe maybe showed it in my vlog. I can't remember. But like we had thrown away the pumpkins that had literally rotted on our front porch from the Halloween prior. Oh, right. Because it was when we brought Addison home from... Um, the, the hospital where she was born on October 26th and, you know, they were out there for Halloween and everything. Yeah. And we were just like in full blown new parent mode and like the, like nothing was getting, to, I didn't rate the leaves that year. Like nothing happened outside. Like we were just like, you know, trying so hard just to yeah. like make it. Um, and so the pumpkins basically just like melted into like like muck, you know, on the front porch. And eventually I was like, OK, well, I have to go and fix this. So I literally went with a shovel, scooped it and walked it over to my compost heap, threw it into the compost heap where I just honestly assumed it would disintegrate into even more nothingness and just not be a problem anymore. Right. And that was the end of that. And then we plant our whole garden. And like one day I'm like looking, I'm like walking past it. And I'm like, wait a second. What is this plant? I didn't plant this plant. What is happening right here? It looks yeah. so healthy and happy. And it turned out that one of the pumpkin seeds from the rotten tomatoes took and grew into this like massive like 200 foot long pumpkin vine vine. pumpkin yeah yeah and it's not really that surprising because like 
you know, after the pumpkin matter broke down, I assume the seeds were all just great. And like a single pumpkin has like, you know, like 200 seeds, if not more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, it's also where I put all of like the leftover leaves and yard matter. (laughs) You're putting it in like a compost heap, the goal of which is to grow stuff in. So like, yeah. (laughs) It's in like supreme soil. Yeah. Yeah, Super healthy. Definitely nothing like hydroponic water. Yeah. No, nothing like that. Way better. Definitely. Um, But anyway, so they ended up growing. And one of the big things that Alan and I kept talking about was like plucking them and because they were green for so long. Yeah. And we were, I was like, well, they'll turn orange. Like I was like, when we were kids, we grew pumpkins in the backyard. And I remember we harvested them early. We brought them into the, like dad's basement where like the bike shop was. Yeah. And we set them on the counter and we came back a few months later and they were all orange. Yeah. And I was like, this is what happens to pumpkins. Yeah. And then we started reading into it and it's not what happens to pumpkins. Oh. And I was like, did dad go and buy three new pumpkins? No. Is it possible? No, I don't remember them needing to turn orange. I just remember them just being orange. Well, maybe now, I, th- I remember like two of them being orange and one of them being like half green. Well, maybe it was mine that was half green. And I yeah, thought okay. it was going to look all lousy out there. Uh, and all of a sudden it was bright orange. I don't know. This is my head cannon that has okay. to be. All right. Otherwise, yeah. my childhood. <laughs> otherwise, my childhood. Lie. <laughs> Catzilla. <laughs> Pumpkins turn orange and Catzilla is real. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Yes. Otherwise, the Matrix must be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, long story long on that one is uh, yeah, d- 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 do pumpkins turn from green to orange after they've been plucked? Uh, also, would you grow pumpkins? That would I feel like that would be messy. I have thought about pumpkins as well, specifically because like, yeah, as kids, I remember growing the pumpkins. And I remember the fun thing about growing pumpkins is they have these tiny little vines on them. Yes, they and do. you could they would like wrap themselves around like a blade of grass and you could go take the vine off the blade of grass and then watch it redo it. And it was like so cool to me that you could like you never think of plants as being really in motion that much. But this was like a thing where you could like watch a plant move, which doesn't happen that often right I, did, I just thought that was super fun that it would just like wrap itself around a little piece of grass there just like grabbing on i know it's like i'm not going anywhere uh and that was that was always cool so i've thought about that as well but those are less harvestable and you can't like eat them uh as much sure, sure. so um i have i've been trying to think exactly what i asked luke if we could grow something what we should get and he said corn and i was like that's not bad we don't have a ton of room for corn it feels like if you I, when i think of corn i think of like a field of corn or like rows and this would be like you know not that much room for that <laughs> like 12 feet <laughs> yeah and I'm like, yeah so i'm like maybe not corn um i've been th- then like beth likes tomatoes which would probably work but like i don't like tomatoes so i want something that like i can eat too oh yeah naturally you know? yeah so i've been sort of maybe leading towards like peppers or something oh peppers are good yeah because yeah. peppers feel like yeah people successfully grow peppers i don't think they're like that high maintenance and they'll just grow and they'll just do their thing and that would be, yeah people uh, then i can eat them yeah yeah so maybe peppers is or what potatoes. i'm thinking or potatoes are good that's a good like thing with the kids too you go dig them up yeah, hey, yeah. yeah nothing like getting in the dirt yeah right exactly well maybe i can do potatoes in one corner and peppers in another welcome That'd to carlin brothers gardening yeah welcome to welcome here we go let's go because last summer if you'll recall i tried to do sunflowers and that just had this is my other thing like what if right, whatever i grow i'm like i'm just like it's probably just gonna get eaten by the animals and that would be no good then i'll be all upset 
But, but are like, but are pepper like if you grow like spicy peppers, they feel like they're unnatural deterrent because like the animals don't want them, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> well, yeah. they're hot. Rem- okay, so one of my one of my favorite things about Addie right now is that <clears throat> like she will she doesn't have a great baseline for when something's going to be spicy. Oh uh, sure. And so like we'll we'll like order like Indian food or something like that. And sometimes it is a little bit spicier. And so like if you give if you give her like a piece of the Indian food, which she does very much like, yeah, it really it only depends on like if they if they mix the batch. Like there's not a whole lot of like consistency to the intensity of heat from our Indian place. Uh, like yeah. sometimes it's like, like scorch your mouth yeah. and other times it's just like completely mild. Right. And so, um, but so we, we did give her Indian one night and when she ate it, uh, she just stuck out her tongue and like clawed her tongue. <laughs> she, 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 like, I was like, Oh, oh what, poor what, Addie. what a sad way to try to get rid of the spice. Mm. <sighs> Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, hot, hot. hot. <laughs> Man, I remember taking Luke to an Indian restaurant when he was like one years old, and we said, "Yeah, we got like extremely mild everything because we wanted him to be able to try it." And we just got like chicken tikka masala, and he loved it. Yes, like, was like literally just eating the sauce with a spoon, had it all over him. It was just like so. Yeah, that that was so fun. Then it was like I he was like, "Oh, Luke will always love chicken tikka masala." And it's like now, now I think if I got it for him, he'd be like, "No, I don't want this." And you know, whatever. Like, no, yeah. I know you like it because I watched you spoonful mouthfuls of <laughs> sauce into your face. I, I've seen it. Child. I know it. I, I know I, more than you. I remember. Okay. <laughs> the pigs. Godzilla. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's all coming full circle today, it's isn't it? It's all coming. It's all about memory, man. It really it's is. It's all about memory. Goodness okay. Me. So speaking of, of spring, I feel like you're you've you're in uh like like J Heaven, I feel like at the moment because uh spring cleaning is mm. the foot. Yeah, no uh, doubt. How how is that going for you? Oh man, yeah. So yesterday morning, um we spent a good por- well, a good portion of the day, not just morning. Um doing doing, doing some cleaning in the boys' rooms is. Oh boy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's all like this weird, like we, we are, it, it is weird how like one project requires you sometimes to like backtrack into like several other things to get it ready. Okay. Like I think about this all the time, like in the evening when I'm like cleaning up after dinner where it'll be like, okay, all I really have to do is clear the table so that, and put the stuff in the dishwasher. But Sometimes there will still be stuff that we didn't take out of the dishwasher from when we ran it last night. Like no one's emptied it for the day yet. Right. And so it's like, okay, so I got to empty this. But actually, before I can empty the dishwasher, I need to empty the drying rack because there's some things that will be in there that are going to need to go in there. So it's like this weird like, okay. All I really need to do is clear the table, but actually that's going to involve me emptying the drying rack, then emptying the dishwasher, then putting all the dishes that are already dirty from the day into the dishwasher, then I can get to the table. Right. And it's like you have to like backtrack all these like things just to do this one otherwise simple task. So uh, the real task I'm trying to get to is potty training Nick and Nate. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. Right? Came out of left field. It came out of left yeah. field, right? So that's, that is what we're aiming for that's like they were we're getting there <clears throat> and we you know we've started like sitting them on the potty some like getting them used to it we're reading them like the potty books and stuff but it's like part of potty training means like once they make the transition they need to be able to have they need to not be in cribs because if they're in cribs then they cannot get out of bed to go to the potty got it right so part of potty training means getting rid of the cribs okay right so we have the beds that we are going to put in their room um 
this is in like the house. More layers than an onion. Right I now. know. Yeah. So like we have the beds we're going to do, and they require assembly. And it's like okay, but it so. I want to put the beds in there because we need the beds to be in there before they're potty trained. Right. But in order to put the beds up there, I need to like move these giant heavy boxes from the garage and from the living room up to their room. But I really can't even put them in the room while the room is messy. And I really can't even like, like, and not only that, but we need to take the cribs out of the room because they will be in the way and you can't get them out of the door the way it is. Like, they're too big to fit through the door. Right. So, like, in order to potty train the kids, first it means I need to completely clean their room so that I can disassemble their crib, so that I can take the cribs downstairs, so I can move the other beds upstairs, assemble them, and have the beds ready so that they can be potty trained. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? yes, and yes, it's yes, like... Yes. So this was like really step one of getting the rooms ready for the disassembly. And it, all that has to be like in one day, too. It's not like because once you disassemble the cribs, you must build the bed. You, you that are now day. fully committed. Because yes. otherwise they don't have anywhere to sleep. So right. there's that. There, that That's my big long term project. And it's like this is so many steps involved. And so we did. We were just cleaning up. Yeah. The twins and Luke's room this uh, past weekend. And it's like one of the it's you know, it's one of these things where like. Luke will have quiet time in his room every day and it's like he plays with all the toys and it's great but sometimes you come into his room and it's just like overwhelming how much mess he's managed to make sure. in their act of playing it's like I can't even stand I can't I could there's like a room where the door opens and then like along that line there's just like a wall of toys <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't even step in the room and Luke likes to make like lots of little like arts and crafts and drawings and things so there'll be just a little like but he'll draw on something and just decide that's good enough and move on to the next one so they'll just be like partially drawn on scraps of paper all over the place and like just bits like you know glow sticks that were working but now are just dead glow sticks and you know it, it reminded me a lot of like in harry potter when he's going to clean his trunk in deathly hallows and he's just sort of got that like, like mulch like layer of yeah, the layer of mulch yeah. like that sort of stuff is just sort of like tr in made its way all the way through the room and it's just like so we've spent a long time cleaning both rooms and moving some toys from upstairs into the uh, new places and clearing out space but it is amazing to me like once it was all done like when you walk into the room it like you literally can breathe it's just like like it feel like like I oh I will walk in and I feel like lighter. I can see the weight <laughs> off your shoulders. It is. I can, it I can, is I tremendous. Can, I can feel your <clears throat> your sense of calm. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be interesting going forward because we took like so much stuff out and so so often I feel like the problem is like like his room like your room gets so messy because you have so much stuff to make a mess with. But right. if there's not enough stuff to make even a big mess with, then it can only get so messy, right? This is true. Right. It seems true. Yeah. So do you have a philosophy <clears throat> when it comes to like like the nostalgia attached to any of these in particular items? Like like you like pick something you're up and you're like, this is a good drawing of like Ariel from like when he went to Disney and like met Ariel and like was into like his like little mermaid sure. face. It's like it's like ah uh, do we keep it? Yeah, no, I don't have a ton of it. Like, like a major, like if it's just like a coloring sheet from like a coloring book or something, right? Then probably not. 
not too attached to it. If it was something like the Ariel, maybe. Okay. Um, like uh, there was that little. I don't know, I'm sure you remember me reading the story he dictated to me one day. Yes. I still keep that. I kept that sheet of paper because I was like, this was so adorable. I want to like frame this. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> that that's was amazing. such a fun one. Yep. Um, so we kept that. But there, a lot of it, a lot of it's just like you know, scrap, scribble, paper, stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, I'm not not too attached to it. Okay. Uh, that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a very interesting. I remember when we were kids growing up, and I've actually frequently thought that this would be like a good, a good regular thing to get into while they're young. But like when we went to elementary school, we would have like a pizza box. Yeah, and like that, a portfolio. Like a portfolio pizza mm-hmm. box. Yeah. And I remember for I wonder if mom and dad still have, maybe not, but like I remember for a long time you could go into like their basement and you could see like our stack of like Ben in kindergarten, Ben in first grade, Ben in second grade. And it was just like all of my pizza boxes. Yeah. With like my various, you know, like finger paintings or yeah. you know, like Christmas like card that I made or like a mother's day something, you know, like right. they, they put all of like the little things in there for you to keep in like a safe place forever and ever and ever. And they're like, they're fun to go back and look at, but I also have no idea. Like it, I, I, I feel like I am oddly like not very given the fact that I feel like our whole job revolves around like delving into our nostalgia. Yeah. I don't know that I'm like actually the most nostalgic person when it comes to stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't I have mean, a big attachment to them. It's yeah. It's curious. What would you would like decide you wanted to keep? Cause it's like, if I looked at stuff I made in like kindergarten now, like I don't think I would even remember having made it. Right. You know, like I don't know what effect it would have on me as an adult to be like, Oh, I had this or something. Like I can see where if you were the parent and like you helped the kid make it and there was something like you guys did together like that would seem maybe more like yeah i would want to remember this sure like maybe just as the parent but like i mean luke will come home from school like every day with a new craft they made right you know and it's like i just i you know i i don't feel like this is going to be meaningful even by next week (laughs) sure (laughs) sure um no that's fair that's fair yeah Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do have like a portfolio like thing where if there are things we want to keep, we will put them in there. The permanent record. Yeah. Yeah. The permanent record. Yeah. No, not so much. But man, why was that such a thing? I, I don't even know. I'm sure we talked about this before. But like when we were kids, I feel like permanent record was like in every cartoon, every TV show, every like piece of messaging ever was like, it'll go on your permanent record. Yeah. I want to say it was very much in the show, Doug, the assistant principal. He That was like his catchphrase. Okay. Almost. Yeah. yeah. I think that. That is what generated a lot of it, but also like I don't even know if that yeah, like what what was that supposed to mean? Yeah, what is the permanent record? Does that exist out there somewhere now? Can you yeah. look up my permanent record? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it's like a real thing. I would love to know what was inside of it. Yeah. It'd be so interesting to go back and be like, like, were there, were there any moments? Because like every moment I, I ever got in trouble in middle school and high school and everything, my suspicion is that I would have a very vivid memory of it because it was like not a frequent occasion. So it usually meant that like whenever I did mess up, I usually messed up pretty big. Mm-hmm. And like a way that was kind of like oh yeah there's no there's no getting that out of my brain it would but, not surprise me if like your school had like you know a, a manila folder per child and anytime you like had to be written up by like the the nurse or you got in trouble or something they just put that piece of paper in that folder that way like and, you could see like a pattern of behavior yeah maybe you could make needed. like a pattern of behavior but I, and I can see that maybe transferring up from like your elementary school to your high school or something, but I cannot see it existing past 
high school right in like any sort of meaningful way <laughs> that could like come back to haunt you as an adult outside of things that were like so bad as to have involved like the actual law right, right or something right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, like can we call our high school and be like do you, oh. do you have it can I <laughs> could you hunt down can, your, can, your permanent can record? I, can I hunt down your my permanent record? Can I get the I, Manila folder, please? I, I doubt it. Man, if I could get it, I would read everybody what was on it. Oh, my I, gosh. Like, it would be so interesting. It, mine would be so boring. And, you know, just nothing at all. It, I don't... Yeah, no, like, no information whatsoever. Not very much. I can't imagine. Yeah. I'd be surprised if there was a lot of information about me that, in there. That, that's like part of you, like what I want to know is like, what did your teachers have to say about what, you? Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> that would be so interesting. Like, no, you can't have it. Like, you kept a record of me that I am not allowed to see. Right, yeah. <laughs> I am not allowed to see it. My own permanent my record. Own stuff. Yeah, like, come on. Why wouldn't you have access to it? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, so interesting things, interesting things. Yeah, what would be on your permanent record? Be oh. sure to let us know. Otherwise, guys, as ever, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Pop. Uh, we did want to give you a, a fun, new, exciting update for our $10 tier over on Patreon, which now features a uh, ad-free listening experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you would like to get uh, a feed of The Pop that doesn't have any ads baked into it or anything whatsoever, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash popcornculture. Also, you have until the end of the month of May is how many months? How many days? January, February, March, April, May. Thirty-one days in May. I oh do man! The, I do the knuckle thing. It's yeah. The only way I can remember, dude. That is. Uh, I always see people do it, and I can never remember which. Like, like I know that it alternates based on the knuckles, but I also can't remember which knuckles mean thirty-one and which like indents don't. Well, the, I guess you uh, it, February is probably a good. I, anchor, I, I think right? that's the, that is the anchor for me. Yeah, so yeah. it's mostly just like January is like the top one. So, so thirty-one. So all the peaks must be thirty-ones. Yes. Yep. So yeah. January, February, March, April. Yep. Anyway, uh, so you have until May thirty-first if you'd like to get in on the um, uh, quarterly merch for. Q2 of 2023. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of numbers and words and stuff. Uh, as a reminder, that's going to be one of the uh, one of our all-time favorite uh, coffee mugs. It's made by a company called <gasps> Danine. Each individual mug is handmade, like individually hand-thrown and spun by like an actual potter. Um, they are going to be like a mint color with like a with the popcorn culture emblem right in the middle. Uh, they are already in production and there is a limited number. So if that's something that you're on the about and want to get in on uh just be sure to again head on over to patreon.com slash popcorn culture and select the exclusive quarterly merch tier yeah. um otherwise guys as ever if you have any feedback you can send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com and until next time pop, pop. at highland we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes there's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.